Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Dope Sauce Podcast. Dope Sauce Podcast. Dope Sauce. This is uh, your weekly edition as we recap and review and discuss the final season of Game of Thrones. And this week's episode is season eight, episode five, entitled The Bells. Mm-hmm. Now, we're on a bit of a time crunch here as Gary and our returning mm-hmm. guest, Brendan, have to go win a volleyball championship tonight. So uh, there's a good chance we'll let Brendan do a lot of talking. Gary and I will chime in, but there's a good chance there will be another segment of this episode if Gary and I want to clarify our thoughts. Anyways, to begin, let's start with you, Mr. Brendan. Yeah, so I guess um, just give you my thoughts on the episode. Uh, it was exciting and kind of took us on a wild ride. I, I think for me, it followed a lot of what has been an ongoing theme in season eight, that it's a bit of a disappointment in the way that they developed a lot of the storylines. Certainly got a lot of the action in. They got a lot of the um, intrigue and drama, but I, I kind of hated the way that they got to a lot of it. Um, we can go into some specifics a little bit later on, but, um, I like, I love the backstories on things. I love like knowing why Danny's going crazy and why, you know, Jamie's being stupid and trying to plow through everybody to get to Cersei and all that. And like, yeah, you kind of can infer some things, but it, it just doesn't do the story justice just to kind of like skip those things like how did jamie get captured and why oh because he had his hand on sweet that that's dumb so anyway i i like the episode it was exciting to watch but um again the the storytelling in this season has been completely rushed and they just are skipping over all the the fun like dramatic parts for me right check shag you go next so um, for me, the episode was a bit of a, uh, I mean, I agree with everything you said, Brendan, but also like, I'll kind of have to disagree. And like, I'm second guessing myself a lot with this episode. My instant uh, thought was, wow, that was pretty badass. I didn't understand where the turn for, um, for Daenerys came. Uh, by the way, spoiler alerts, there, there will be many spoilers about the episode. Um, <laughs> Where, where she became the Mad Queen all of a sudden, and I'm like, well, they didn't do a good job fleshing that out, seeing, letting us see what drove her to the edge. And yeah, I think the last two or three seasons even, um, they could have done a better job across every storyline, every story thread, all of the narratives, to, to show us better where this is coming from. Yeah, and it, I don't think it takes much to do that in a lot of these cases. Like it's you could just throw like a a conversation in between Tyrion and Varys explaining that you know her father basically turned mad because he felt like he was getting betrayed by everyone and his best friend was turning against him and that basically is what drove him mad and and Danny basically had an exact parallel of that but we didn't get any of that. We, there's no like backstory there. It's just you just kind of saw her instantly go crazy. Well, I mean, listen, she, you know, now that her BFF was gone and no one was there to put on her makeup and help her with her hair and stuff like that, um, you know, we saw her be very, very depressed uh, and sad. And 
as many articles will feature, like, yeah, they've basically shown her be cruel the entire time. And I forget that because I was always rooting for Danny. Right. Um, Because there was so much stuff thrown at her over the uh, course of her life and her character's arc. Um, So I'm, I'm mixed on this episode. I think it was a delight. I think it was narratively lacking. Um, some things I loved, some things I hated. We spent a lot of time, and I know we need to, on the streets to see the damage she's doing. But we could have seen, again, more con- like you said, more conversations. We could have seen an actual turn. Mm-hmm. Or a trigger for that turn. Right. Uh, was it always her plan to, you know, ignore the bells? Or as soon as she hears them, just be pissed off and realize that no one loves me here? Yeah. Um, I'll take that as my cue then to toss in my two cents. Um, so we're immediately watching it, especially at the beginning. I was I was pretty excited. Like it, it, it had some of the intrigue that like early season Game of Thrones had when it was Varys writing letters and uh, or you know whatever scrolls to send out ravens. And um, do you think he got any of those out, by the way? I suspect so. Yeah, I'm thinking he probably did. Yeah, I, I mean, and then burning that last one was kind of pointless, obviously, in the end, since he knew what was coming for him. Um, I, I, I mostly liked this episode. Like uh, the spectacle of it was incredible. Um, you know, directorially, it was incredible. The score, as always in this show, is was just mind-bogglingly great. Um. But I'm with you guys. I I wanted I wanted ten episodes a season. Um, I really think a lot of these things could have been solved by just sticking with the same the original pacing. Um, from what I understand, HBO even offered uh, Dan and David ten episodes a season, and they're like, "Nah, we only we need thirteen to, to right," which is insane. yeah. And I, and I heard an interesting theory that um, some of the some of the issues we're having is that they, they went so far out of their way to prevent spoilers that they just never let m- almost anybody in on what was happening, like how production was going, like how, how we get a coffee cup in the middle of a scene, which is just like wildly amateurish. Yeah. Um, Have you seen the thing going about Jamie's hand? Uh, no. That there's a clip when they're down uh, underneath the cast on everything and they're, they're he and... Jamie and Cersei are uh, an embrace you can see and I don't think it was necessarily in the show it might have been in one of the promos like he's holding her and you can see his right hand <laughs> nice <laughs> like he didn't have the gold one on but oh man he grew it back just in time to die just in time he's like um, cool yeah unfortunate um, so yeah I, again I, I'm mostly positive about the episode I just I think we're like it's it's a, it's a different show than it was, yeah. For the first, I'd say six seasons, and um, maybe we just need to accept that that's just how how it is, and uh, you know. Yeah, but it's so with- hard to do. Like you invest so much of the last ten years into this show, and you get so into it, and you just want to see it. Like it, it's been so great, you want to see it culminate with this like amazing intrigue and the the finish that like this show deserves and it it's not even close to that yeah i I will say this though i am last season and this season i've done a lot of whining and complaining oh the pacing's off and they 
how did they get there that fast? And this is, but when I think of season five, and doing all the the Sept of Baylor stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to skip right past those or Dorn. This is such a waste of time. <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, can yeah, we there, have it both ways, really. There's um, still, I mean, there's still some of that. Like there were still some missteps that they made along the way, um, but it was at least in an effort to be more interesting <laughs> and to be more like politically intriguing and not, um, you know, not just rush head on to the finish as quickly as possible. So I think this has been better. Like this episode specifically was one of the better ones this season. I think, I still think weirdly episode two was the best. Um, if you look at rotten tomatoes are on a, a steady plummet towards nothing. Like this was, I think the lowest scored episode in Game of Thrones history. Um, and it's been a, a steady decline. Actually, episode one scored the highest uh, on Rotten bullshit. Tomatoes. That's a lot of internet bullshit. Uh, yeah, That's which, yeah, again, like I think this is just people getting pissed off and every week taking it out more and more. But, um, yeah, I mean, this. I thought this was a good one um, I, yeah. for, for the most part because um, I'm because I, I'm accepting where we are character wise. Um, I, I really wish we had two more episodes to like flesh out the Mad Queen stuff and, yeah. and it's like start seeing signs of it last season, see more and more this season. You know, I did get the feeling and I understood what they were trying to portray that like she, you know, has no allies here and she's by herself. And they, they really drove that home a lot last episode. And she's just sitting there by herself and Tormund's hugging Jon Snow and doing all this stuff. But yeah. it never... I don't know. Maybe you need like a, a Danny POV scene while that's happening instead of just having her lingering in the background. Um, it, it, it's just not striking the chords that I think it needs to in order to really sell that stuff. Right. I see what they're going for, but I don't want to have to make those leaps. You know, I'd rather the uh, you know I'd rather the stuff that I need to dig in deep on is is you know who's going to betray who and what little subtle clues they're giving like via dialogue and. Uh, you know who's lurking in the background of images, and that uh, you know maybe we can should or shouldn't pay attention to, like we were in the first couple of seasons. So yeah. I missed that stuff a little bit, but um, I mean, you know, here we are, and uh, we're one episode away from wrapping this whole thing up, and who the hell knows where we're going with it? But um, I have a th- I have a theory that like this all kind of started to go downhill, and it started to lose a lot of the political intrigue once a lot of the storylines came together. Like you used to have like the, the group in Winterfell and the group in King's Landing and the some points groups in Dorne and groups in Essos. And they were all so separated and you had different like plot lines and things like that coming together. And you really have lost that since like everybody kind of came into the same area. Like there's no like surprise. Tyrion has this like cool, like I guess, way of coming into this battle he's got like a surprise for everybody that's gonna you know win the battle and it, it you just you see everything that Danny's seeing or everything that Tyrion's seeing everything that everybody's seeing and it just has lost the intrigue because there is no surprise anymore it's just everything's kind of out in front of you and it's it's just kind of lost its appeal well, that, that's also exactly where we left off with the books too was everybody kind of converging as well so yeah, it's. I guess it's a lot easier to portray that in books 
than it is in. in well, TV, I, I just mean you know the novels left off there, and that's also where you're saying the the writing right. declined. So right. um, <laughs> could it's kind of a causation issue there, I suppose. Um, anyway, um, let's let's dive into some of the interesting stuff that happened. I guess um, starting with. Tyrion continuing to be a disdainable little shit and ratting out his only real friend uh, and uh, getting him killed. Cool. Cool. Love yeah. what we've done with Tyrion. Yeah. Uh, I see no redemption for him. Now. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous how, like, we they built him up to be this character that everybody loves so much, and now he's he's basically turned into a complete idiot that is, like, unlikable now. I you know I think his intentions as the viewer they're pretty much always good, and uh, George R. R. Martin would tell you that intentions mean nothing mm-hmm. in this particular world. And but he's just screwing up so much that you know at least one more argument with varies to say yeah. do this you know would have helped. I loved that. I loved the thought that Varys was trying to poison her. Yeah, <laughs> he was, you know. Yeah, I was. I was going to ask if that if that's what that was. It, I mean, it wasn't so. explicitly stated, but it, that's got to be it, right? Yeah, with the without little kid. Risk, without yeah. the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. But yeah, but and she didn't take food for several weeks or whatever, so it's got to be the, the assumption, right? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, and he's just okay. We'll try it supper. You know, I mean, come on. Um, so yeah, he was betraying her, and I, I think he absolutely got at least a couple of those letters out. Yeah, um, because it was like I think the next day where he spoke with Jon Snow, where it was during the daytime or whatever, and I mean he was um, still writing right before he got murdered too. Yeah, but he was just churning out letters. But, for, but what's the what's the payoff on that? Like he, I mean, there's no way that comes back now. Like unless it. <laughs> Unless he's rallying every other high lord in the world that matters, which but yeah. who, who's left though? I mean, other than other than the people in the north, like who matters? I guess Dorne and the Dorn. Iron Islands, kind of, but they're already pledged <clears throat> to Danny. Um, I mean, who? I mean, you could you could be you could listen. You the could Stormlanders, listen. River yeah. Run. I mean, there's there's still plenty of I don't think there's anybody in there. any of these places. The Knights of the Vale. I haven't seen well, them in a. We didn't think there were any Unsullied left, and based on the previews for <laughs> next episode, there's thousands of them now. Well, you know, apparently <laughs> when, you ha- when you're when you a eunuch, you can re- still reproduce. <laughs> I guess. Like, like a rabbit. Or, um, yeah, or um, just clone yourself. Yeah. I mean, that it could, it could be a, a flash-forward thing, too. Um, but yeah, they've, they've had some troop number issues. Where's she, where she getting more Unsullied? Train her herself, I guess. I don't know. So it, I, I, I agree, though. I thought it looked ridiculous, but I'm I'm waiting to hear an explanation. They they used to say I think that there were seven major gates to King's Landing because there's a huge right yeah online thing about where where is this desert the first time? Look at this view that Cersei once had, and now it's you can be looking in a different direction or whatever. But um, and I don't really care about that stuff mostly, <clears> but. Whether it's the Battle of Winterfell, I just assume there are more Dothraki, and they're covering, hopefully, still covering every side, not all standing by the main gate. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, get on. Let's pour if if you're into sympathy, just pour one out for Captain Strickland. I don't know that actor's name. <laughs> I don't want to look it up, but the man had one line. 
Hey, he got a line in Game of Thrones, dude. Yeah. He's he led an army for fifteen or twenty seconds. Oh man, yeah. How stupid was that though? Like, what? What is the Golden Company serve they no use, purpose? They use the uh, the northern battle strategy. Yeah, stand stick them in front. front. <laughs> Except this time they didn't even have a single trench. Yeah. No. Which oh, might man. have held back some Dothraki. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? And they had a lot of time. They had a lot more time than the North did. They had presumably months. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they knew they knew something was coming. It's amazing how bad the the Iron Fleet got with shooting those scorpions. Well, Danny learned from what we. She listened to the Dope Sauce podcast, obviously, and started Some flying in from above, above and yeah. from behind. Yeah, but she did that once, and then she was like, they had a bunch of boats pointing in all directions. You'd think they'd have a few of them that would be able to get shots off and hit a gigantic dragon. Well, but, you know, the dragon's mm-hmm. in motion. Yeah. Targets I mean, the fact- are much more difficult. And they had the element of surprise last time because obviously you see two dragons in the sky. They don't see a navy. <laughs> Clearly not. She's are- just enjoying the company of her children. Right. And you can tell that from down below. So now, while well, she's not looking... So, so rewriting some of this story a little bit, um, I, I had said, why not just let Rhaegal die in episode three? But wouldn't it have made sense to use Rhaegal's death as her like full-on rage trigger to, to, to go full-on Mad Queen? Like the last scorpion bolt hits him and takes him down or something, and then she loses it even as the bells are tolling? Like some sort of, some sort of thing like that. Like they surrendered, but he, he still got shot out of the air by some you know, rogue Lannister or something like that. Yeah, that would have been better. I think that would have been a better trigger. I mean, maybe we saved some CGI money, I guess, but it would have told the story better than her just sitting there and becoming enraged by the tolling of bells. Uh, at least that's all I could interpret was happening right. that, that set her off completely. Well, this was TV, so as Shag pointed out to me last week, she probably could see clear across King's Landing and see Cersei standing there. So maybe that's what set her off. The fact that she was still alive? Yeah. You see that that snarky little silhouette in the window? Yeah. You're like, okay, you know what? Well, that's a thing. I mean, burn a street or two, get some fear, just head straight for the red, the the, the key. No kidding. She just systematically burned street by street. So there was no escape. There was... And that that turn was a bit heavy. It was she, a, a yeah. bit heavy handed. Um, she 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 burned them all. Yeah. And all the all the wildfire. It was it was down there after all, or at yeah. least the uh, little pockets of it here and there. That was that was. I, I thought that looked cool. It I thought it was really cool. interesting. Then, then I found myself being an asshole, going, "Well, that wildfire would have spread much further and killed more people." <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I really, I, I enjoyed a lot of it. It's the and the street level view, I respect that, you know, following Arya around, but uh, yeah, it got a little much where I'm like, eh, maybe a little more dialogue could have helped. I like the, I really like the part the the Arya and the Hound stuff. Um, I did too. I mean, yeah. like turning Arya into you know shitty Captain America running through the streets trying to usher people out of the way was yeah. a little much for me. Um, I wouldn't have minded her just full on just le- turning around and leaving before all of that chaos went down. But um, I, I liked how her kind of emotional connection with the hound helped send her on a different path. Um, yeah. it, it, that relationship, I think, made a lot of sense in this episode. And, uh, obviously, we got Clegane Bowl. And um, I don't know if you saw the, the 
inside the episode stuff afterwards, but they really they emphasized that um, you know it, it was fire that took out Gregor and Sandor ultimately. Like they fell into the big pit of fire after he yeah. couldn't get any other way. So right. that was that was kind of a cool little moment. Now, there weren't much many stakes to it. It was not like you know the the mountain was protecting Cersei anymore or anything like that. But I guess I didn't necessarily need that. You know they had wanted each other for so long. Zombie um, with a grudge. So, it was it was staged so coolly too, like just the way that look, that fight looked with yeah. the flaming city in the background on the stairs. The dragon and flying over every now. Yeah, and it was that was super cool. So fact, let me ask you guys. It's on a, my TV right now. <laughs> I ask you a quick question. So uh, my wife Nadia brought this up last night after we watched it. Um, why does the mountain hate the hounds so much? He's just a shitty older brother. I mean, there's not like a. Um, <clears throat> but like he. There's a lot of people that have, like, poked and prodded at him, and, like, you would think he would have lost his cool many times before, and he didn't. He maintained composure, was totally fine under whatever circumstances, but then Sandor comes and basically stands in front of him and doesn't really say much of anything, but all of a sudden, like, Gregor is in such a rage that he just, like, picks up Kyburn and throws him down on a rock and kills him and like can't see anything but his rage for Sandor. I I, I mean I guess they <clears throat> he's a shitty brother, but there's I don't recall anything in the books or the TV series or anything that shows like Sandor being shitty to him. Well, so they uh if you recall first season there there's a jousting tournament and um Gregor right. so Gregor like kills a horse <clears throat> and he's about to kill the person that beat him. And then Sandor stopped him and got in the way. And I, I, I just think that it's been sort of settled between the two of them that, you know, Sandor is basically like, I'm going to kill you one day. And yeah. uh, and Tywin Lannister pretty much, you know, because they both followed his orders. They sent he kept them apart as often as possible. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't necessarily need a full-on backstory for that i'm perfectly happy like the re- there's a reason that gregor set his face on fire to begin with they clearly don't like each other um uh, maybe maybe there will be a backstory one day or maybe maybe you'll get more in the books or something but um I, yeah I, i'm fine with it like even if it's just him knowing that his brother's about to come kill him and he wants to kill him first that was a awkward sentence but you get what i'm going for i do um. Yeah, I, I I thought it was okay, and again, it got us Clegane Bowl, which is you know, little fan service payoff, and it actually worked for me here. Um, especially on the heels of the Arya stuff, like um, it. Uh, I, I thought I thought that whole sequence was pretty good. Um. Yeah, I don't know, and especially in a, I guess an episode that was. Uh, in dire need of some good stuff. Um, I thought that was really good. I thought the Jamie and Tyrion scene was was, aw- was awesome. Um, again, it, it and it you know it, it gave Tyrion a full circle kind of thing, but it, it, it's such a stupid move for him to to make. Like, obviously, I don't think it'll matter in the end because Jamie ended up dying anyway, and um, shit, Danny may may never even find out. But what happens like the next day when somebody comes up to check on the prisoner and he's not there? Tyrion was the only one in there, so well, ho- hopefully all those unsullied that were guarding him are dead also, and nobody knows who let him out. Yeah, um, 
still, it set up a good moment, and I thought it, I thought it was cool. And again, that's that's the Game of Thrones that I like. Uh, so totally guys, cool with it. Do you guys think Arya hopping on the horse and riding away is like her? Is she going to leave, or is she going to go find a, a bow and arrow and shoot I, Danny in the know, face? I, I mentioned I mentioned to Gary that uh, they could have. The perfect ending of that would have been her walking off, but then muttering Daenerys Targaryen as if she's starting a new list. That's that's um, what I was hoping for too. I didn't get that, but I think well, I, I'm confused too because it's like so pale horse, obviously like a metaphor for death, kind of a thing. But like the she walked away from the killing, like that was the whole point of what, of her conversation with Sandor too. Was she was she was going to choose a different way? Um. So it left me a little confused. My 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 fan fiction thing is that Arya takes out Drogon since he was responsible for all of the destruction that she was. I mean, obviously, in, in as much as he can control it because he's a dragon, just doing what Daenerys commands. Right. But I think I think John has to kill Danny. Um, I mean, otherwise, what the fuck has he been for for this entire time? He's done nothing this season, like literally nothing. He barely participated. You, you do nothing, Jon Snow. He knows nothing and he does nothing, yeah. He barely participated in the Battle of Winterfell. He barely participated in this. Like, he's, he's other than just saying, I don't want to be king. Uh, I mean, his if this is how his arc ends, like, all this buildup, it, it'll be almost as disappointing as Bran's for me if we don't get some sort of resolution on him. Yeah, eventually he's just going to have to stand up to Danny and say, listen, Ecray, I know you were hangry that day. <laughs> yeah. She didn't eat for weeks, man. Uh, and it was the first time you ever got dumped <clears throat> and rejected by a man. And they killed your other son. And they killed your BFF. And you don't have any counselors who you trust anymore. Still. Yeah. Genocide is a little bit overboard. Yeah, that's indiscriminate murder of millions of innocent people. Uh, yeah, I, uh, again... Um, I I even could get on board for that as a storyline if they had just given me a little bit more. Yeah, why? She like, just, yeah, she just never was there. Uh, she, like, they just showed her just, like, kind of shaking. Like, she wasn't even looking at, like, people being terrible or not. Like, it was just her deciding whether she wanted to just go kill Cersei or did she want to kill everyone along the way and... Apparently, we chose everyone along the way. She's I mean, been promising fire and blood for a long, long maybe, time. Maybe, maybe bells are like a Pavlovian trigger for her to just go totally ape shit. Maybe. maybe. <clears throat> um, I don't yeah. remember reading that in the Targaryen book anywhere. I don't either. But she wasn't in the Targaryen book. That is true. So we haven't gotten there yet. Maybe, maybe we'll learn that one day. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. She, I, you know, I think for her, her agreeing to the bells was probably just like, yeah, whatever, if they ring the bells. And then she realized, oh, they're ringing the bells. It could have been a trap. Tyrion's been an idiot before. Uh, and ultimately she's like, no, you know, my original gut instinct was better. I'm just going to burn it all. <laughs> so do you think, uh, do you think if we're going to get into projection territory, do you think Tyrion survives this now? Have you reconsidered that at all? Um, I mean, he... I think he does. He quasi-betrayed her? I, I think he does, too. I wouldn't be surprised. I still, like... I'm still not too, like, 
bullish on my uh, or bearish, I guess, on my uh, prediction of Tyrion ending up on the throne. If John kills Danny, he doesn't want it. He seems to trust Tyrion, so maybe he says you have it. Yeah. I I need all right. So I need obviously some resolution on that storyline, and we'll clearly get that next week. I need I need to know what the hell's going on with the Three Eyed Raven, and I'd love it if it came in this series. I don't. I'm, I, I'm now thinking that maybe we're not getting some of the Night King's backstory and the Three Eyed Raven backstory because they're gonna put that in the, the prequel, show. The prequel yeah. yeah, which would be a disappointment to some degree but i guess you know do you think maybe we could get jeff goldblum in that show i hope so man i really hope so because that that'd be the one redeem the way that they could redeem this for is, me is he still doing those like hotel commercials or whatever the apart- yes. apartment.com apartment yeah. yeah yep yep um, so gotta free him up from those but i think he could do it we haven't talked about the demise of cersei and jamie we didn't and, um i mean honestly <laughs> because there's really not that much to talk about like it, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really find that to be particularly intriguing at all. I didn't either, and I thought she was robbed uh, of a great ending. And then it occurred to me that you know what? It's actually perfect for her because the whole castle came <clears throat> falling down on her. Uh, yeah, she I mean, lost everything. All yeah. hope, her her hand, her protector, everything, and it was down to this. And she was a shriveling thing. What it occurred to me though is that. We never saw her be a particularly bad queen. We saw her cruelty, and she blew up the Sept of Baylor to become queen. Yeah, I mean, other than blowing up half the city and all of her political rivals and stuff. I mean, as far as, like, governance, I, I suppose you're right. of governance, we, we hadn't seen... Like, we'd seen Joffrey's. We'd seen, you know, her de facto rule with Tommen. But we spent such little time with her that she was a paper villain. Yeah. I mean, you could... I'm sure if I traced back through, I could find moments of cruelty and manipulation that I... Oh, no. But it's not, all in there the first six seasons. Or the right. Seven, but... Yeah. Um, but this but yeah, we, they, they, they didn't spend the last couple of seasons and she assumed control, really spending a whole lot of time on how the the small folk of King's Landing uh, I mean, were you, living their lives and enjoying themselves. So All, right. all you really got was her... Telling them how terrible Daenerys was and how she's going to come and kill them all, and <laughs> she was right. Yeah. Yep. I thought I did like the I, I liked the way that she died, and and as much as um, I can let go of the Valonqar prophecy being completely nonsense and worthless. Again, it didn't exist within the TV show, so it's fine. But I still thought they'd give a little nod to us. But yeah, the, like Castle as the representation of power and her hunger for it and then collapsing upon her and being the reason that she died. Um, and, you know, the there was foreshadowing, Jamie and she dying in each other's arms. So, you know, it was poetic to in a sense. Um, her hold, her, him holding her head and her neck and saying, you know, just look at me, look at me. Yeah, really yeah. Matters. Let me ask you this. As twins, do you want to die together? No. I don't particularly want to die. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I don't, I'd prefer much. not to think about that. I don't like to plan for my own death. Okay, just curious. Or project it. Um, but it's certainly not hugging each other while a b- building collapses upon us. That'd be, that'd be upsetting. Although, every, although ton- at tonight's volleyball uh, championship final, you should just look at each other in the eyes and say, 
We're Let's bring match. down the Nothing house. Nothing else matters. Only yeah. us. <laughs> and then Nothing. tear into the opposing team. Yeah, yeah. We'll do our best. <laughs> nice. It'll definitely be there are two team. other people on our team, so we yeah, should Yeah, but probably... they don't matter. Only you two. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> point. Nobody else matters. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd love um, to say something. I know I said it right before we started recording, but the score all season long, all, all series long has been amazing, but the score last night was outstanding. Oh, yeah. The leader of the battle, they had a bass guitar in there that they don't normally have. Yeah. I mean, I'd lo- like. I want to see like a full analysis too, as they went back and forth between like Cersei's music and Daenerys's music, and just you know, general Game of Th- Thrones theme, and how they, you know, they always just do these little minor tweaks to yeah, put you in exactly the the mood necessary to match what's going on. Like, yeah, he's in- incredible. Um, it, it was yeah, the whole time I was like, holy shit, this is so so good. Uh, regardless of what was going on on screen, but even even the CGI yesterday was just just yeah. crazy good. And like it was daytime CGI too, which made it even you know. Yeah, I I loved you it. Could um, see what was happening. Yeah, you know, turn off the dialogue, and I feel like this would be one of the top Game of Thrones episodes ever. Um, that if you could just kind of impute what was going on, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know that you have to turn off the dialogue. I'd, I'd say, if anything, give us more dialogue. Just make it better dialogue. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I would agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I'd be fine with that, too. Um, or just different dialogue. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know well, what I, I don't know what I want. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm now trying to put the whole series in context now with um, how this is, is shaping up. And maybe I, I should wait until the... Uh, the end of the next episode and really just fully try to, to conceptualize it and, and analyze it. But um, I'm, I'm less enthusiastic about the books now. I'm less enthusiastic about the prequels. I think my hype was at an all-time high going into season eight. And um, maybe this will be one of those ones that we look back in hindsight and think, you know, as a collective whole, it ended up not so bad. Um I got a lot to a lot to save in the last episode. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with all of that, and I think all of us, every fan everywhere, has been very difficult or very tough on the show. A lot of that is because, you know, the last book was a few seasons ago, and everyone in their mind, we had to live two years waiting for this season. Mm-hmm. And in our minds, we all have our little storylines and our story narrative threads, saying, "Okay, here's what I want." Aria to do, and here's what I think is going to happen. It's just reinforcing it all the time in every conversation we have with each other. Um, yeah, it seems like the only that. people that don't have those conversations are the writers, though. <laughs> like, it, it's so funny to me. Like, I, I going into this season, I'm reading all these fan theories, and like, Reddit is just filled with all of this like intrigue and all these theories about who's connected to who and why all this stuff matters and it just all of it is just garbage like they haven't done anything with anyone and i still see them every single week like going into this (laughs) week i'm like reading these theories about how drogon was off having baby dragons and that those baby baby dragons are gonna show up and that I'm like, no, they're not doing anything. Like they're just sprinting as fast as they can to the finish line and not looking at anything else along the way. It's funny, you know. They say George R. R. Martin a few years back gave the, the gave D and D the uh, 
uh, sort of an outline of how it finishes. Whereas Martin might have a seven-page outline for each of those books or what's coming. They probably only did a two-page outline. Right. Like, well, there's the outline. Let's just do these story beats. Yeah. It's like, here's, here's who kills the Night King. Here's who ends up on the throne. Fill in the blanks. Yeah. Or they just got super, super mad with George for not having finished the books, said, fuck you and your outline. I'm going to do this my way. Right. And uh, I kind of hope that's the case. Like, I know somebody's going to get this book ahead of time and read it, and I'm going to hear about it, and it's going to say, oh, this is completely different than what the TV series was. So then I'll be like, oh, cool, I can read the book again. Or, or he did do, maybe they did follow his outline and he just used this as a testing ground for how this all finishes out. And he's like, oh, no, that shit's not playing very well. Better, uh, better start over. Back to the drawing board. I can see that happening too. Yeah. Or at least now, it, you know, maybe that wasn't his intention, but after it took him so long to get there, now he's like, all right, well, maybe I should redo this. So. Okay. <sighs> Man, well, one more to go. One more to go, Shaq. Yeah, one more to go next week. Now you guys will be on your own next week. I'm going to be somewhere in Masai Mara in Kenya, avoiding hippos and lions. So. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us where you'll be for your honeymoon in uh, beyond just Masai Mara, Kenya? Are you doing anything else? Are you doing some? Uh... Yeah, we're so we're going to be a week safariing in Kenya, and then we go from there to a tiny little island called Mauritius, which is east of Madagascar. Yeah. And by the pictures, one of the most beautiful places on the known world. Yeah. And we'll be sitting on a beach, soaking in the rays. I'll be... on a beach, earning 20%. (laughs) Exactly. Um, All right. How many flights to get there? Uh, To get to Nairobi, we have three flights. We go Chicago to Houston, Houston to London, London to Nairobi. Then we got a little puddle jumper the next day to get out to uh, where our camp is. And then uh, it's actually a direct flight from Nairobi down to Mauritius, so that's nice. Checking in or carry on? I'm going to probably check a couple bags. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, we got uh, we got to pack safari clothes and beach clothes. So, can you access HBO Go from where you are? I'm not sure. I think they have really crappy Wi-Fi there, so I might be able to like maybe get to watch a little bits and pieces of it. But I'm guessing I'm gonna have to wait till um, I'll probably have to wait till either a flight to get catch it or maybe in Mauritius. I'm not totally sure. So I'm gonna try to avoid the internet altogether and just keep away from spoilers until the, the flight home. Yeah, well, make sure to, you don't listen the to the Brendan List podcast episode. Yeah. But you, be... listener, can and should. <laughs> yeah. Brendan should be the only one who doesn't listen to the Brendan List podcast. Yes. Yeah. Probably Nadia, too. She'll be with me. True. Yeah, True. probably. All, All right. right. Um, yeah, let's uh, cross our fingers for something even better next week. And uh, I'm crossing my fingers for you guys to win your volleyball championship. Good luck, gentlemen. I, I do appreciate that as well. Thanks, Shag. We'll try our hardest. All right, guys. This has been the Dope Sauce. Hit us up, uh, Dope Sauce or Dope Sauce Podcast on Instagram, dopestsauce at gmail.com. And that is it. That has been us. And we will see you later. Dracarys. Dope Sauce. You've been listening to Dope Sauce. In case you missed it, this was Dope Sounds Dope Sounds
you liked it, this was Joe's song. 